Are you a client facing online entrepreneur who's ready to feel confident in how to run the behind the scenes of your online business? If you're tired of feeling like you're always flying by the seat of your pants and secretly drowning and wearing all of the hats of your business, then you're in the right place. I know you're ready to get organized, clean up your calendar, and fully step into the CEO that you know you're meant to be. Welcome to the Beyond the Systems podcast. I'm your host, Sam Wisnett, a systems strategist for client-facing businesses. I'm on a mission to help you streamline your business so you can save time, boost your profits, and feel confident about your growth. Are you ready to dive into the power of scalable systems? Then let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Beyond the Systems podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I'm your host, Sam Wisnett, and in this episode, we'll be diving into what you need in your business before you hire help. So spoiler alert, it it is systems. If if you guess it, you guess right. But of course, we will be diving into what systems you need exactly to, to create in your business before you start hiring, just to make your hiring, your onboarding, and just managing your overall team easier. So if you're preparing for your first hire, or if you've hired before and you just feel like hiring was way more work than it's worth and it really overwhelmed you and you didn't see the benefits of hiring help, then this episode is perfect for you. Because here's the thing. If you feel overwhelmed by your never-ending to-do list of tasks, if you feel like your business is already in chaos mode, hiring a VA or virtual assistant alone is not going to fix that. Just hiring someone out of the blue is not going to magically help clear your plate. It will actually probably make you more overwhelmed because now you're having to manage someone else and you just end up creating a lot more chaos in your business than you had in the first place. So I like to say, think of your business like your house, right? Uh, When you're home alone, you can do whatever you want. Maybe you have your clothes on the ground, your dishes in the sink, doesn't really matter. You don't need it super organized. Uh, But you usually do clean before you invite other people in your house. If you were having a party, you would make sure to clean up a bit, organize things a bit. You wouldn't leave all your clothes on the ground or all your dishes in the sink. And you want to think of your business the same way, because if you are inviting someone else into your house and there's just a mess, they're never going to be able to really help you uh, or it's going to be very hard for them to focus on what actually needs to be done or the sole reason why they are there because they're just going to be distracted by all of the unorganization and chaos in the business. And you will actually have to be the one, you know, managing them on how to deal with that. So the biggest problem that I see when it comes to hiring and managing a team is just simple miscommunication or mismanaged expectations. And that really stems from this disorganization in the business. Because if you as a CEO don't really know what you need help with, then it's going to be really hard to convey your needs or communicate your needs to someone else that wants to help you. Um, I think a lot of times as CEOs, we forget that our team cannot read our minds. And so that's why we really need these documented systems and processes and just really a centralized place for your business happening. So it's really easy to stay on the same page. It's really easy to communicate. And you have very clear expectations of what this role is going to be and what this person needs to be doing on both ends. Because if that person doesn't have the clear expectations, if they don't know what you need, then they cannot thrive in doing their job. So without these things, it just becomes very difficult to create clarity in what's actually going on in the business. And 
what the VA or whoever, social media manager, whoever you're hiring is supposed to be doing. And just to, just to show you an example, I want to dive into what a different systems can make overall in your own hiring and managing your team, but also your just your own business or your own CEO time as well. And this example is actually about me because yes, I, I am my own worst client sometimes. And I have hired help probably around, I've hired probably around five different contractors in the past two years of my business. And I have always struggled with delegating. And it really comes from this feeling of I can do it faster or I can do it better, or I will avoid actually planning ahead and delegating until it's too late to delegate something because something's due tomorrow. And then I feel bad asking my VA to turn something around so quickly uh, because I'm also a service provider and I know how annoying that can be. And the first few times I hired help, I just wasn't super clear what I was really hiring for. Like I, I had some things that I was like, oh, I would love help with like graphic design or I would have love help with blog posts, but there was not a long-term plan for the person. I didn't have systems set up that were really supportive of hiring. I was not ready to really bring someone into my business for them to actually be able to make an impact on my day-to-day operations. So I just overall ended up being very stressful and it ended up not working out. And it wasn't that person's fault. I would say it was mostly my fault uh, because I did not go into it prepared to help that person really grow and thrive. Well, most recently compared to now, my most recent hire, I hired her about uh, four months ago, I would say from the time of this recording, but I was super, super, super intentional with this hiring process. So I got super clear. I actually waited about two to three months before I hired. I I had this inkling of like, oh, I do want to hire someone to help. Um, And I actually waited a few months to get so clear on what I was going to be hiring for and what I needed to do to prepare for this. And I had a list of like the first three to five tasks I was going to delegate before I even made the application. I was making SOP Loom videos before I hired someone. I made sure to systemize all my logins. I restructured my ClickUp. I restructured the way I was doing my client work. So it just really set me up to be able to delegate tasks super easily and to be able to see what tasks I wanted to delegate. And so now, because I did all of that work in the beginning, I maybe spend one hour a week just like planning, deciding what to delegate, and also making a few quick videos over what needs to happen um, because I love just doing Loom videos to delegate things. But for the most part, it's so easy and it actually does take a lot of stress off my plate. I feel like because I invest that one hour a week into uh, you know, the planning and the delegating, I'm actually gaining back like five to 10 hours a week of my time and delegating tasks that would just spent, just take a lot of my time and energy away from the tasks that I actually need to be doing. So I just, this is why before you hire, you really want to prepare your business to bring in another person because it does make such a difference in the way that you can show up and be a CEO. So I have four steps that we can go through to help you do this. So that will prepare you for your next hire or your first hire. So step one, we are getting super, super clear on what you're hiring for. And I see so many people skip this step. It sounds like, of course, I need to know what I'm hiring for. Like I have to make a job application or whatever. But so many people really skip this step or don't give it the love and attention it deserves. And If you do, this is why you're having trouble with hiring and managing a team. I had a business friend actually come to me 
one time and we were just chatting about our business and, you know, what we were kind of going through at the moment. And she mentioned, oh, I, I really want to hire help. Like I just am feeling really disorganized and everything's chaos. And I feel like I just, I need someone else in my business. And I was like, oh, great. Like, what are you hiring help for? Like, what role are you looking for? Maybe I can, you know, recommend you some people. And she was like, oh, I don't, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to hire help for. So I just know I'm going to hire like a virtual assistant, a VA. And this is what we really want to avoid because when you go into it with that mindset of like, oh, I don't really know. I just want this person to help me. It is going to be very, very difficult for that person to help you. And she did end up hiring someone. And in the long run, it didn't end up working out. I think they worked together for a few months, but then she felt like, oh, hiring is way more much hiring is way more work than it's actually worth. And I don't feel like I'm actually getting my time investment back with hiring. I feel like it's actually made my business more stressful. And so in this process, what we, what you really want to do is become aware of what you don't want to be doing anymore. So you can do this by tracking your time. I use a time tracker app called toggle. I love it. It's just like a Chrome extension. And I just, you know, pick, I can just start it and stop it when I want. You can start a list of tasks to delegate. I did this before I hired. So I just had a list on my notes app. And every time I would do a task and I would think, oh, I, I should delegate this. Like, I would love to delegate this. I would just write that down. Um, and it's just kind of like pretending you already have someone who can take this off your plate. And after a while, you really have a full list of things to delegate and you start to see how much help another person could be. And I think the biggest key here is really starting to see the tasks you do in your business as different value level of tasks. So there are some tasks in your business that are these like $10 an hour tasks, or there are some tasks in your business that are like $1,000 an hour tasks. There are certain things that only you can do in your business. And there are certain things that you can really outsource and teach someone else how to do. And I think a lot of times we get confused with this because there are so many things we are used to doing everything by ourselves, right? And there are some things that are obvious you can outsource, but I think we hold on to way, way too many tasks because we think it's just better if I do it. But in the end, that's really not the case. And so for example, I help my clients a lot with revamping their funnels and revamping their uh, automations, especially in my operations retainer. We really focus on like refining just the funnels and backend operations of the business. And so I am the one that is, you know, on the client call. I am the one that is making this funnel map and, you know, or doing the automation strategy because that is where, what I need to be doing with the clients. That's what, you know, they're, they're paying for my brain and I really enjoy doing that. But I am actually, I am not the one who needs to be doing a lot of the execution work. So once we decide, hey, we're going to build this new funnel or we're going to, you know, build these new automations, I am not the one that needs to be uploading email sequences to ConvertKit. Like my VA can definitely do that. I'm not the one that needs to be building five-part checkout pages. I'm not even the one that needs to be building out a multi-step zap. This is something that I can have my assistant do or at least start, and then I can jump in and review it and make any changes. So the more specific you can get here, the better, because you can also then go ahead and use this list in your applications. You can use this list in your interview process. I did this when I, when I was hiring. I said, hey, um, these are the first three tasks that you will be doing in the business. So uh, is this something you would want to do? Just to give really clear examples of what they would be doing in this role. And that will really help you attract the perfect fit. Because if someone sees, hey, these are the first three tasks I'm going to be doing, and they're thinking, oh, wait, I actually don't really want to do that then they're not going to apply, right? So definitely first step, getting super, super clear. And then into step two, 
this is where we're going to actually start building out some systems. We're going to be creating a central hub for your business. And this is one of the main areas that we focus on in my SOS system setup is making sure you have a central hub ready to go for your business where you can keep track of everything and manage your team. So I work with people a lot when they're, they haven't hired someone yet, but they really do want to hire someone, but they want to make sure they have the system set up first, or they have hired one or two assistants and they're just having trouble managing them. And I always recommend using a project management tool to to just create a central hub for your business where you and your team can assign tasks. You can communicate about the tasks. You can see everything that is going on uh, and track what you're doing yourself. And when I say project management tool, I, I recommend ClickUp or Asana or Trello, whatever you are comfortable with. And this is not the same as using just Slack. I want to point that out. Slack is more for daily communication. So it's more for updates. It's quick questions, brainstorming. I use both. We have ClickUp to where I assign client work, where I assign tasks. This is where I'm actually keeping track of what my assistant is doing. And any communication we have about the task where we're going back and forth, it's mostly happening in ClickUp. And then we also have Slack where I will just send her a voice note and say, hey, you know, what's up? How are you? I just uh, assigned you a bunch of stuff in ClickUp. I wanted to give you some context. Like we're bringing on uh, two more clients. They're starting next week. So I set that up in ClickUp and assigned you the first few things where, you know, it's just a, it's just a little update. It's just a bit of back and forth chatter. Um, so you definitely want to be using both, but you don't want to be sending tasks through, through Slack because you, those are just so easy to lose, right? Like they're going to be gone in two days because of everything else that is going on. So keep the tasks in the project management tool so you can keep those due dates so you can have those reminders and have that communication there. And so in your project management tool, what you want to do is create areas like a company overview where you have all of your business information and then really building out the areas that you need help with from your list in step one. So referring back to that list, uh, for example, I have a main team task list, that's just general task for the business that I, uh, you know, sometimes want help with. And then I also have a task list for each one of my clients. And so it's really easy to see what's going on with who. And in those client task lists is where I delegate client work that my assistant helps me with. And in the main team task list, that's where I delegate, you know, my business work. So just back end stuff, website updates, whatever. And like I said, I use ClickUp for this. I have some great templates uh, to help you get started if you are interested in using ClickUp and I will link them in the show notes. And they have these company overview, they have content, they have uh, clients, they have pretty much everything that we use to help our clients set up ClickUp for this purpose. And then we head into step three. So once you have that centralized hub set up, then you can actually start creating the systems and SOPs. SOPs are standard operating procedures. And they're basically just instructions on how to do certain things in your business. So you're going to go back to your list from step one. Like this is why it's step one, because we, it's the foundation of this whole entire process. And this is what you're going to focus on when you are building the systems and the SOPs. So for example, if you are hiring a content assistant, because you want help with content, then you are really going to focus on making sure you have your content process mapped out. You're going to focus on making sure you have your content calendar set up in your central hub from step two. You're going to focus on, okay, what tasks am I actually going to outsource here? Maybe you're going to be the one who is uh, coming up with the ideas or outlining the posts, and then they're going to help you create the graphics and write a full on caption. And then you're going to review and then they're going to schedule or post them, you know, whatever you want that process to look like. 
really get clear and then put it in your project management tool. Start creating an SOP. You can create an SOP in a Google Doc. You can also, if it's more of a technical task, you can also just start recording yourself doing the tasks for when that person does come on your plate. So I use a tool called Loom for this. Uh, it's amazing. I love it. It's just a screen recording tool. And anytime that I think, oh, I want to outsource this task. So if I'm setting up a welcome sequence in ConvertKit, uh, this is something I outsource a lot. I will just record a Loom one time of me setting up a welcome sequence in ConvertKit. And then the first time that my VA, I asked my VA to do that, I sent the Loom and I said, hey, can you help me with this? Here's how you know I usually do it. She's able to watch that. And then anytime I ask her to do that in the future, she already knows how to do it at this point, but I can, I have that loom ready for her. So just in case it's been like a month and she's like, oh, I kind of forgot, you know, what the settings you like were or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, here's the loom of how we did it the first time. And this is just so much easier because it's, it's easier than trying to explain everything on a call because first of all, it's faster and the person can just free watch it whenever they want. They can watch it as many times as they want. I also find this a bit easier than uh, just writing out the steps because whenever you're talking, a lot of times you're explaining why you're doing things. And that is very, very helpful uh, to the person who is learning how to do things. And then they're getting a more foundational understanding of like the strategy behind it, not just the step-by-step instructions of a task. And then in this step, you want to create an SOP hub. So once you start recording Loom videos, once you start documenting processes in your project management tool from step two, you can create a little SOP hub and you can just start adding your Loom videos there. So it, they're just easy to find. Just each task, you know, title it, how to set up a welcome sequence in ConvertKit and then drop the video in there. Then your team will also have access to those whenever they need it. And once you get those systems and SOP set up, we can head to step four, which is just about creating space for learning and feedback. So we really want to set the expectations for ourselves of whenever we do hire someone, the you know learning curve that goes into training and onboarding and managing someone. And so a lot of people I, I've realized just underestimate how much time it takes for someone to learn your businesses and learn your preferences. It's, I mean, it's like dating, right? Like if I'm going on a date with someone, I meet them two or three times and I don't know that much about them. Maybe I know a few things that they want to share with me, but as you're dating someone, that's when you're really learning more and more and more about someone. And you're learning things even that they're not telling you, right? You're learning their preferences for coffee, because maybe you go on coffee dates all the time and you just always see what they order. So it's the same type of idea. You really have to have that buildup of and time and space of learning and giving feedback. So just make sure you are planning that the first one to two months is going to be a bit slower. You're going to have to review. You're going to have to give more feedback than you probably normally would. So preparing yourself for that um, is going to be very important. And that's why we do a lot of preparation for that in step three, like creating the Loom videos, creating SOPs, starting to create systems, because that really helps make this time go a lot faster because you're already halfway prepared for it. And I want to touch on feedback as well. So feedback is also something that I am really still working on as a CEO and as a manager. But I want to point out the difference of giving feedback versus changing something yourself. And this is something that I do all the time. I see a lot of CEOs do this is a a team member will do something and then they will give it to you. And then maybe there's one or two changes that you see and you just think, I just, I will just change this myself. Like it it will take me five minutes, 10 minutes. I will just go through and change this myself. And 
this is actually really hurting you and your team in the long run. And I know it is faster to just go change it to yourself than to give feedback and then wait for that other person to change it. But whenever you create the space for this and you create the time for feedback, you really need to lean into it. I know for me, I I kind of feel guilty sometimes about asking people to change something, but I've just had to get over that and be like, this is their job. I, as a service provider myself, I didn't mind when people, when my clients asked me to change something like this is part of my job. It's part of the learning experience. And at the end of the day, it's not benefiting you or your team member because your team member will never fully learn if you don't give them the chance to improve. Um, so if they will never fully learn your preferences. They will never fully learn your business if you are not giving them the feedback and having them make the changes because that is how they learn. And so I always recommend giving feedback in the form of Loom videos. So like we're creating the SOPs with the Loom videos. And that that is because you want to be able to explain your thoughts around why you why you want something changed or what you want changed. And this will really help someone learn a lot more about you. And your preferences for things. Because if you send a video, let's say someone designs a graphic for you, you send a video reviewing the graphic, a limb video, and you say, I, if I was making changes, I would actually want this more here. I actually like lighter color backgrounds. I like this font instead. Like, sorry, I didn't, you know, then you see like, oh, I need to give a bit more context up front if I'm asking someone to design a graphic. Uh, but then they can, you know, learn those preferences and say, oh, okay, great. So next time they're designing a graphic, they'll think back of, oh, I remember she said that she likes lighter color backgrounds. She likes this font. She likes when it's a bit more of a simple modern style and it will be so much better and they will learn so, so much faster. And so I know I can take more time at first, but it is definitely, definitely worth the time investment up front, in my opinion. And Lastly, I want to do a little systems mindset check because, you know, the thing is, you are running a business, especially if you're still a solopreneur, and you can do a lot of things. You have done a lot of things in your time as a CEO. You know, you've built your business from the ground up. You can do it. No Hiring help is not saying that you can't do something. But the question that we're really trying to answer with this entire process is, yes, you can do it, but should you be doing it? Because just because you can do something does not mean you should be doing it in your business. And if you want to grow your business to multi-six and seven figures, you will have to let go of things, even things that you like doing, even things that you think I am the best at this ever, and I don't want to let go of it. You will have to probably let go of pieces of that along the way to be able to continue to focus on the things and the tasks that only you can do as a CEO. And for example, I love using content creation as an example for this because I personally like creating content. Um, you know, it takes me a few hours a week. I, I do all of my content creation at this time and I don't mind it, right? Especially when I have the time for it. I enjoy it. But I also know long term, I cannot create all the content for my business, especially if I'm growing, especially if I'm posting to multiple platforms a day, especially now that I have a podcast. I am going to have to choose like one core thing. And shocker, it's going to be the podcast. It has to be the podcast because that is the only thing that, or that is the main thing that I have to do, right? I cannot ask my assistant to record podcast episodes for me. I'm the one that has to record the episodes, right? And so the rest of the content creation, I will have to let go of pieces of that. And I will have to have a team in place to create the graphics. I will have to have a team in place to help repurpose the content and, you know, just 
creating an overall system that still provides a really good quality of content, still provides a consistency. It will probably look something like I record the podcast, we repurpose the podcast into other pieces of content. And that doesn't mean that I can never make content again. That's, that's definitely not what that means. It just means that I don't have to make content I don't have to make all the content. I don't have to make the content for every day. I don't have to make content for, you know, three platforms, five times a week because I have help with that, even though I like creating content and, you know, I don't mind doing it. So just keep that in mind as you start to hire, as you start to outsource, it's good to let go of things. And the more you try to do it all, the more you will just end up holding yourself back because you will not be able to keep up the quality you want in all of these areas. Like we just can't do it all. We have to, we have to let go. And especially if you want, you know, if I want my podcast to be really, really high quality, then I'm going to have to spend and put a lot of energy into that. And it's honestly better if I hire help for that as well. Right. Because there are people that are better than you and me at a lot of things. Like I am not a great graphic designer. I fully know that that's something I outsource a lot in my business. Um, I'm also not great at like repurposing content. Personally, I just, I don't, I don't do it that much. And I I definitely know I need to do it more, but I know someone who is, I know people who are great graphic designers. I know someone who has a content repurposing agency. And so I know down the road, I could hire people to help with that, that are actually a lot better at that than me. So yeah. So your systems mind check, mindset check, just because you can does not mean you should. And Yes, that was a lot. So let me do a little quick recap before we go. So before you hire, you need systems, duh, and you need clarity. And first you need the clarity, then you need the system. So step one, getting super clear on what you're even hiring for. This is the the step, the thing. This is the key to hiring, uh, just having a better hiring process and having a better time uh, onboarding a team and managing a team. Step two, create a central hub to manage everything in. Step three, creating the systems and start creating those SOPs for easy delegation once that person does come on board. And step four, just creating the space for learning and feedback and really, really investing into the feedback part because that is an investment that will pay off so much over time. So thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please feel free to let me know on the socials. And if you want help cleaning up your business chaos and setting up your business so that you can hire with ease, then please book a call with me. I would love to chat more. Thank you again. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Systems Podcast. I hope that this episode has given you insight into the impact systems can have on your business so you can scale to the next level. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show and share it with others. Your review will help us spread the word about the power of systems. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.